Okay, so uh, we are literally stoked. I mean, I I'm actually so excited for this. It's Callum Jarvis and Tom Matthews, both fresh out of uh, Tokyo 2020. I mean, we are in the company of sporting royalty at the moment. <laughs> um, so um, we've got. It don't, it don't get much better than this, we oh, can tell you doesn't. that. I'll definitely take that one. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the voice of Nathaniel Partington hello, with hello. us as well. Uh, my name's Tom Oakley, and lads, I've got to throw it out there first. We'll come to you first, Callum. Um, I mean, what was Tokyo like? Oh, amazing. Like, the people out there are so friendly. Uh, get out of their way to sort of help you out in anything you need. But um, I was quite surprised that, you know, I thought they would be a lot quieter with no crowds. But um, I think all the athletes there were just got together and just supporting each other. So, you know, it was crazy. Like, you know, it was... Yeah, we were on our own a lot of the time, but actually when we got into the arena, it felt like we were one big family, a uh, sporting family. So, yeah, amazing. Top man. So I'll come over to you then, Tom. Um, obviously, the Olympics, the entire experience around it, uh, of course, other than just competing, well, I say just competing, you can't really say that about winning an Olympic medal, can you? But uh, there's there's so much to go on when it comes to this. Just, just tell us a bit about uh, the experience, you know, when when you arrive, you get off the plane, uh, you've touched down, you're in Tokyo, a new land. Uh, what, are you, what are the initial thoughts going through your head? Yeah, it's just an amazing experience altogether. I can just echo what Callum said, really. Um, the volunteers made it special, and like it did feel like there was crowds there. Um, but touching down in Tokyo, it was very hot getting off the plane. Um, yeah, and then obviously we had all the COVID stuff where you had to do saliva tests, and then you had to wait in the airport until they all passed before you could leave to go into the village. But yeah, apart from that, it felt quite normal to be fair because uh, the volunteers made it so special. Definitely. So looking back now, obviously the Olympics were meant to take part in 2020, but of course the coronavirus did delay everything with, with the Olympics and generally just every sporting event across the world. Do you feel like uh, the delay uh, was a big dip on the morale or did you see it as an opportunity to just get more training in the both of you? Um, I found it just more training. Um, I got to get more out of the guys that uh, I was in a room with, like Will Bailey. They've done Paralympics before, so I took a lot of energy from them. Mm -hmm. um, and it was perfect for some of my teammates because, like, Will Bailey was on Strictly and he had an injury, so an extra year he was able to compete. If it was in 2020, he wouldn't have been able to. So it's, it varies between athletes. I think it was good for me mentally because I matured throughout the lockdown, um, being locked away and things like that was difficult for everyone. And, yeah, I think I matured in that time and it helped me with my performance, I did, to be honest. Yeah, and, and off the back of that then, Tom, I mean, tell us about the Tom Matthews story. Um, I, I mean, I mean, it's a, a roller coaster ride, hasn't it been for you over the last few years with uh, lots of ups and downs? Yeah, definitely. Well, I go back to when I was 16 years old. Um, I broke my neck on a mountain bike. Uh, I used to race down on mountain bikes and, um, yeah, it all started from there, really. I used to be a guy that come round in the wards down in Rookwood Hospital. Jim Monkley, sadly, he's passed away now, but... Uh, he used to come round and try and get people out of bed to play table tennis because that's the easiest one to do in hospital. You're not going to do archery in hospital here just in case you shoot someone. Um, but yeah, he used to come round and um, I used to tell him to get, go away. Like I was like, oh, just leave me alone, I'm going to get back mm. on my bike. Um, being 16 years of age, I didn't really know what a spinal injury was. And in the end, I got up, 
give her a go and literally my parents would bring me down a Chinese that night from my local Chinese and I let her go cold which I'm still disappointed to oh. in this day <laughs> but I got out of the sport that I really enjoy yeah. and uh, gone on to the Paralympic Games so was, I'm really happy Was it good knowing though that you had something you had a hobby to pursue after injury and once uh, being discharged from Rookwood did you just feel good knowing that you could step into something and feel feel accepted by a community of people who also play table tennis Yeah definitely give me an outlook um, Jim was like a second father to me obviously my father's able body we've never been anything through anything like that mm-hmm. uh, where Jim has kind of the same injury as me so he taught me everything I knew to become independent again but I'll be honest, after I left Rockwood, I didn't carry on with table tennis, I finished. Mm-hmm. Um, I went out drinking with the boys and had a car and done all the teenage stuff where it was like, I kind of got an over my injury really and that took me about two years and then I gave Jim a ring one Christmas and said, oh, can I come back and give it another go? After watching 2012 and he was like, yeah, come on, come and give it another go and yeah. took a serious from me and here we are now. And what better inspiration? And, and then over to you again, Callum. Um, Obviously, we've got Tom here um, from Aberdare with a bronze medal. Uh, you were born in Astrid yourself. You've, uh, you, you've brought home gold from Tokyo. Uh, and just tell us where it all began for you and what growing up in Astrid was really like. Um, so I didn't spend much time in Astrid, so I was, I was four. So I learned to swim and stuff. Um, I actually had a, a Paralympian who actually taught me how to swim um, oh, wow. in, the, in my local pool there. Uh, yeah, that, so that was pretty cool. Um, so she taught us, you know... Um, the basics of swimming uh and then from there i sort of moved moved down to cornwall um and that's where i guess i you know i got into the club swimming um i then went away to a boarding school and and you know moved away at the age of 12 uh, away from my parents so that was quite big at that age um but yeah like that was when i really committed into becoming uh what, what i am today olympic champion so you know to get that you know very different journeys and stuff but like yeah um it all started for me uh being taught how to swim by a paralympian in 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 um in australia so tell us a bit more about uh, how you you got into swimming then you mentioned you moved away from home um i know you still live in bath now after going to university in bath you're still inv- very much involved in plymouth as well with swimming aren't you yeah so um i spent seven years at, um in plymouth um swimming so i've got loads of friends and I always go back and visit and stuff um and they've always, always been so supportive um but the, the main sort of reason why i got into swimming was uh simply just because where we lived um i think I, I actually went away on holiday and almost drowned um because i was like three years old and just went running into the sea like a mad mad kid i was um and my, i remember my dad having to drag me out the surf um saying no you're not ready for this yet uh so that's kind of like the main reason why i learned to swim was because um, if I wanted to go and do these activities, uh, living like so close to the coast, like I had to be safe doing it. So swimming is like, you know, the underpinning of all water sports, mm-hmm. really. You have to be able to swim in order to, to be safe in, in what we do. So, um, yeah, I took part in loads of activities when I was down in Cornwall, um, like the surf life saving, lots of surfing and, you know, we, anything water sports, us, us Jarvis boys are in there doing it. Um, so I've got four brothers, yeah. so there's quite a few yeah. of us. We're, we're all quite competitive. Brilliant <laughs> stuff. So, so I, I've got to ask now, as soon as I tried to arrange mm. this interview, it's, what, it's the one that was really burning in my mind. Uh, Callum, are the budgie smugglers as tight as they look on television? <laughs> yeah, they really are. <laughs> yeah, they are compressing, I'll tell you that. They do compress and stuff. But, um, 
yeah, they they are very very tight. Uh, so usually trunks trunks wise, I wear like a size thirty four, which is like your waistband, and then when we go into a racing suit, I wear a size twenty seven. So um, I definitely drop down a few sizes to get uh, to get you know into the right sort of suit. Mm. Mm. And now he's talking a language I don't understand. Yeah, <laughs> when it comes to songs, oh, it's nah, it's all good. It's all good. But, but hey, but hey, someone out there will, and that's the important part. Yeah, but Callum, I remember, I remember watching the Olympics, and I remember you saying in an interview that being called an Olympic gold medalist will never get old. So I've just got to ask: Has it gotten old yet? <laughs> no, nah, I still haven't got old yet. <laughs> <laughs> still fresh, yeah, still going. So yeah, amazing. yeah, exactly. Yeah, still going. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, everyone. Uh, just wants to come see the medal rather than me now so um, i'm used to just <laughs> handing it over to them but um yeah still amazing feeling and still uh, so happy to come back with you know olympic gold it doesn't, doesn't get much better so uh, yeah amazing so obviously team gb now had a really stellar performance in both the olympics and the paralympics do you both feel that uh team gb has improved and evolved obviously with these events going on an absolutely amazing display of all the athletes that took part do you feel team gb is taking the right steps for the next next olympics or i think i think it's evolving in the right way i mean um we, we've just shown like how much every, every sport sort of progressed isn't haven't they so like i, I don't think they need to change well, obviously we need to change something to get even more medals because mm -hmm. that's the whole point isn't it so um yeah, yeah they're definitely on the right track i mean look at the performances and look at the medals which we've brought home um you know they're, they're doing the right thing uh it's just whether i don't know how it works with um you know getting some more sports and more funding because not all the sports are funded which go to the olympics so i think that's probably the next step is try and get those sports um some some aid if we can yeah, and off the back of that as well, Tom, you know, Paralympics, especially when it comes to GB, has come on leaps and bounds in the last decade or two. Do you feel that uh, the progression uh, in Paralympics and pioneering uh, disabled athletes is what really inspired you? You know, just watching these icons on, on television, reading about them, seeing them, did you think then that that could be you? Uh, no, not really. I still thought, like, I was going to get out on my mountain bike. I was 16, but when time went past and uh, I realised there was something I could do, definitely, it's inspiring to watch. Um, mm -hmm. But I think that's what makes us want to do it as well, because it inspires the next generation. We're trying to get the next generation, mm -hmm. well, the next kid that's in hospital, like, you know, thinking there's nothing out there. Hopefully we can inspire them to come in and be a part of Paralympics GB, the big family. Yeah, that, that, I, I think that's the bottom line, really. <laughs> What's a piece of advice, then, Tom, that you would give to anyone you know, looking to get into any sport, perhaps thinking that you know, they haven't got the support or they haven't got the ability that it takes, who, who just need perhaps that extra push to, to get into it? I think just go to your local youth clubs, sports centres, see what they got on going down here, give it a try. Just fall in love with the sport. And you never know where that can take you. Just loving a sport could take you to mm -hmm. a Paralympics or Olympics or a bit further. And I'll come to you then, Callum, with that same question. Okay, yeah. So uh, I, I was involved in so many sports when I was younger. So, like, uh, definitely give everything a go. Um, you know, I never thought I'd end up being a swimmer. I always thought that I'd be getting more into my rugby and stuff. But it turned out that actually I was just better at swimming. So, uh, like, 100%, uh, like someone said, like, get get down to your sports centres and uh, after school clubs as well and just see what there is and, and just, just don't say no. Just make the most of every opportunity that comes your way. I've got to ask about um, preparation, you know, and I know we're kind of doing this uh, a bit back to front, really, if I'm asking uh, about preparation at this stage. But... Um, there's a lot more 
that you know training that goes into uh, pre- preparing for the Olympic Games long before anybody's ever heard of your name on the television or, or seen you lift that medal, seen you uh, hit the pool or seen you uh, take to uh, the table uh, for table tennis as well. So, so talk us through just how that is, Callum, uh, before you head out, even think about heading out to Tokyo. Yeah, so uh, obviously the Olympics is usually every four years. Obviously, this was a bit of a unique one. Uh, so this is five years. But um, yeah, it's not it doesn't it doesn't come about once every four years. It's actually like all that training from such a young age. Like I was doing 10 sessions a week from the age of 13. Um, and I've only just achieved what I wanted to achieve in sport at the age of 29. So it's all the, all those years and all those sessions put back to back um, that actually, you know, that's the preparation. Um, obviously, I could I could talk about, I could talk on for days about you know the preparation in terms of like your, your training cycles and stuff. But yeah, it's not it's not just once every four years. It's every day, um, and I'm sure it's the same same with you as well. Sometimes that we've like you know it's you know, it's the grind which is every day. It's it's not you, you, you don't just wake up and suddenly you're an Olympian. There's so much that goes towards it, and it's it's the other stuff around your actual sport as well. So I do a lot of strength and conditioning work and I do a lot of, um, have a lot of physio and Pilates and stuff. There's all these little areas which then make that perfect performance. Um, but yeah, that, I'm, I know what it's like because that, that, that's what it is across all sports. Like if you, if that's what it takes to perform, it's all those, uh, all those days of preparation, not just waking up um, one day, at, you know, at the Olympic trials and just giving it a go and qualifying for the team. It's yeah, there's a lot. lot It'd be nice to if it was like that. It would be nice <laughs> if it was like that. Oh, it would be so good. But no, it's yeah. like Callum just... said. It's, it's not easy. Like that four-year cycle. It's not just our four-year cycle. Like that goes back and back and back. Like I've been training ten years for this near enough, and only now I made it. And I still only mm-hmm. got a bronze medal. Obviously, I want to. It's an amazing achievement. But I want to go further. I want that gold like Callum got. Um, and call myself a Paralympic <laughs> champion, but um, yeah, it's obviously been hard as well because obviously we've had the pandemic that obviously slowed things down. Mm-hmm. Um, we weren't allowed to go to sports centres, we weren't allowed to train, um, and it's probably harder for Callum. But I was quite lucky. Um, Sport Wales delivered a table to my house, which took up a law room. I'm lucky I've got a girlfriend because I would have probably got kicked <laughs> out. But um, yeah, so I had a table in the house and robots are shooting balls at me. So I don't know if you've ever watched tennis where they have like a machine the other side yes. and yes. it shoots balls. So it's basically that in the middle of the house. I was like, when's this ever going to end? We were lucky enough to go back in like September and train but uh, it was really weird that, that yeah. scene from Forrest Gump where he's playing table tennis up against the wall <laughs> it's just, just come to my head yeah I definitely Damn, haven't yeah. tried that so. <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh, so taking it to the Olympics now obviously it, com- it comes to the heats the quarterfinals and of course all, all the things that you partake in did you feel any pressure on nerves when it came to partaking in any of them because I, I know Tom you had to deal with two, two of your heats in the same day with about about f- nine ten Eight hours apart, really? Yeah. Do you feel do you feel any pressure from taking part in those beforehand, or do they do the nerves just slip away the minute you just start playing? Uh, there's always nerves because you care about it, you want to win, mm-hmm. um, and that's where the nerves come from. But you've got to channel them nerves into the performance. Um, I don't really get nervous like warming up for the match. Yeah, it's more like in the call area, so when you're waiting to go out to play, um, and then as soon as you start playing, 
it all just falls together. I mean, I guess why why you've been training for that's where it comes from. No, because in table tennis, whenever I play, I seem to just find a zen just in particular, and it just knocks yeah, out no, all my stresses. You're into your table tennis, aren't you? Though. Yeah, no, I I try and play every now and then. Whenever I go down, I think most local table tennis tables that I know is down Nangaroo where. We just buy a couple bats and we just hit about. And I've not done it for a while, but I'd love, I'd love to get. We'll back have to into give it a game. Oh, definitely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that spar. Well, sparring in table tennis. Call it that because it sounds cool. <laughs> sparring in table tennis with uh, a bronze medalist from the actual Olympic. I, I mean, mean I mean, on. I get, I get my butt handed to me, but it'd be the greatest, <laughs> the greatest achievement getting my butt handed to be knowing an Olympian handed it to you me. You never so. know, you might make the happen. next Paralympics Paris. <laughs> yeah, never say never. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I'm uh, gonna pass it over to you now, Callum. Um, obviously, you've competed in other things other than the Olympics, such as the World Champions. Do you feel like competing in the World Champions helped deal with nerves for the Olympics, or is, is it the exact same way? You you felt some nerves, but the minute you were in the events, you they just went away and you felt free. Uh, yeah, so I do you know what you mean. I, I don't really find it nervous anymore. It's more of an excitement um, and more of an adrenaline rush that rather than nerves. Like, I remember representing Wales um, in 2014 in Glasgow and I, that was my first senior international uh, meet and team I'd been on um, and I was really nervous for that um, and then from there I basically just found that actually it's, it's not really nerves it's just excitement it's just excitement to get in the pool and, and, and do my best um, but I haven't really I didn't and again like I would have thought I would have got really nervous because it's the Olympic Games and it happens once every four or five years sometimes mm. three um, but like yeah I thought I'd be really really nervous but actually like I just found that I was in you know I all, all I did was just follow my race plan and and that you know and it just felt right um, the whole way through so I, I didn't really feel nervous at all when you know walking out behind the blocks and <laughs> and getting ready to race like that just felt exciting um, mm-hmm it would be great to have a big crowd, but that probably would have got uh, my nerves going a little bit more, I think. But so <laughs> talking about an audience, audience, yeah, yeah. And and I, and I was thinking actually, you know, I, I don't want to, um, you know, c- kind of put it on a downer, but did that detract from the occasion for you at all of uh, w- winning an Olympic gold medal? Uh, n- no, because I guess like um, it's really hard to spot your family and friends up in the mm. crowd anyway. So like. Um, you know, you come around and you celebrate with your teammates, really. Um, and we were, we're we're really close knit, so like we we are like a you know we're a British swimming family. Um, so like I didn't really, yeah, I didn't. It was a bit upsetting that my family and friends weren't out there, but also like I'm so glad that you know they you know the team was able to watch us um, watch us race and stuff because that could have been you know they could have said no spectators and that includes your teammates sort of thing. So we were quite lucky that we had that. Um, and you know they made a, uh, an excellent. Uh, well, they made loads of noise, so like it felt like the arena was full. So we were yeah. quite lucky mm-hmm. in that aspect. So you know, you, I mean, still pumped up to win a medal, obviously. Uh, but before the event, it, it seems quite ritualistic. You know, if you go into any dressing room of a football team, rugby team, wherever they are, up and down the country, you're going to hear that one song that pumps them up. I'll come to you first, Tom. Have you got a go-to track that gets you pumped up before a match? I haven't really. i just got a playlist that I listen to near enough every day, to be honest, and that's enough for me. I don't really need anything yeah. to pump me up. I mm. think if I get too pumped up, I get a bit angry and I want to kill the, <laughs> kill the opponent, so that's not really good. Gotta, gotta flip the table yeah, while we do the match. Like, ah, so we 90 don't want, mile an hour soon. We don't want to be doing that. We just want to chill out and just go out there and enjoy it, really. Yeah, definitely. How about you, Callum? 
I'm the same. I, I, I prefer to like talk to people, so I'm one of those probably one of those guys who just distracts everyone um, <laughs> rather than focusing <laughs> on what they need to. Uh, so I'll just go in there and I'll just talk to people, or you know, like that. I, I prefer not to wear headphones and just interact with one another. But, um, I, but yeah, there are quite a few people who wear these big headphones as they come out. Um, mm. But yeah, that's not me. That's not my style. <laughs> I mean, we're radio presenters, so we have to. Yeah, I was going to say we're adjusting the headphones. <laughs> yeah. We know what it's all about. So, anyways, yeah. I guess I guess just one last final question uh for me is just where do you see the future going for you what does what do you feel like both your futures hold now obviously both be a medalist in the in the olympics is it achieve, achieve the same thing again go for something a bit more higher like wh- where'd your goals lead to now starting with you tom yeah well i definitely want to do paris i want to keep going um mm-hmm. want to change the color i know it looks a uh, bit rose gold we'll go for a rose gold color this is right there's no bronze it's rose gold <laughs> uh, but yeah i obviously want to go for gold and that's that's my main achievement i got the world championships next year um that'll, that'll be fun i guess um but yeah paris is on the horizon it's only three years and i'm looking forward to it same thing for you callum do you do you feel like you know where your where your future is going and where um, what holds for you in the next couple of years I'm just looking at one year, one year at a time. So we've got a crazy busy year this year. Usually we just have like one event in the summer, but we've got we've got so much going on. So in May we've got the World Championships mm-hmm. uh, back out in Japan. So hopefully we'll have some um, stadiums which are going to be full. And then we've got the um, we've got the Commonwealth Games obviously in Birmingham, and that's going to be at the end of July. So that's going to be pretty wicked. And then from there we go on to the Europeans, which are going to be out in Rome, I think. So. We've got a really busy schedule, but for me personally, like um, obviously I've got um, two European golds, two world golds, Olympic gold. The next step is a world record, so that's what that's what we're going to be going for uh, as a relay I know, team. That, that was um, really interesting yeah. because I um, yeah. <laughs> when you like point naught three of a second off the world record at the Olympics. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, it's you know a hair width. Uh, that's the kind, that's the kind of like uh, yeah distance we are off it. So yeah, we've got yeah point zero four, I think it is. Um, so between the four of us, I'm sure. Well, you know, it's a team of six really mm-hmm. or something. But um, yeah, between us, we can we can figure that out. We'll get that time. So we've got to take it off the Aussies. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, listen, lads, I- I'm still genuinely stoked. I-, I mean, look, my hands are shaking there. Partially because I've got a bilateral tremor. Partially because <laughs> the Hey, listen, he, he's just he's just throwing the excuses. He yeah, just he doesn't want to come across on. as nervous. Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I have been nervous for this. Uh, to be surrounded by such greatness, it, it really is uh, amazing. Uh, and I know you're both really busy guys as well. Uh, Callum, congratulations on your upcoming marriage. Uh, and, oh, and, yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> many thanks for joining us today as well. Hope all goes well for you. And uh, Tom yeah, as well. You know, it's amazing to have you here. No, thank you for having us, and uh, thanks for everyone's support along the Valley. It's been amazing.